Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. What's up, monkeys, and welcome to episode number 43 of the Live Wild or Die podcast. This episode's got questions from Monkey Kim, some insights from the wild man at Brock Blades. I'm going to share some of my own personal insights specifically on dealing with injuries and just kind of nipping that in the bud, focusing on mobility and talking about this long game I seem to talk about a lot now. So we're going to dive in, get wild, keep getting our minds right, and monkey on. What's up, monkeys? Monkey Dan here, and welcome to the Live Wild or Die podcast. This episode has some monkey questions, some insights from monkeys. I'm going to share a little bit of my own personal journey to wildness and fitness. I've been dealing with some injuries, and it's just uh, I've kind of come to a head. So I also want to talk about some monkey time under tension training. So lots going on. But we're going to start first with Monkey Kim's question. And for those of you that do not know Monkey Kim, who have not had the pleasure of interacting with Monkey Kim, she is our director of Monkey Ops. She is a wild monkey. She lives up in the north. And just she really she lives the monkey lifestyle. She embodies she embodies the monkey mindset. And we just we couldn't do what we do without her. So we are eternally thankful to you, Monkey Kim. Thank you for the good question, too. So her question is, do you have any strong, just let me rotate so I can see. Her question is, any strong feelings on when it's best to work out? I know in the end, what matters most is getting the workouts in, but I know a lot of people who really focus on working out first thing in the morning. I tend to push it in the afternoon because I feel stronger then, but of course, then I end up in that place where time and life runs away with you and then I didn't get the workout in. Any science you've seen that suggests strongly one way or the other? Does when you work out depend? Let me start. Sorry. Does when you work out depend what you are doing, or do you do it same time, or do you work out at the same time daily for consistency? Great question, Monkey Kim. And I'd love to share some of my personal insights and thoughts as well as something a little bit more empirically based. So I'll start with my own personal experience. I think, you know, as, as you alluded to monkey Kim, the most important thing is what works best for you, your body and your schedule. If you're a morning person, you get up and you're ready to rock and roll first thing in the morning, train in the morning, because that, again, that's what works best for you. That's going to allow you to be the most consistent and you're probably going to feel better. If you're someone that's maybe a little bit slower in the morning and takes a little bit longer to warm up, then maybe it's better for you to work out more in the late morning, maybe during lunch, maybe afternoon or even into the evening. So my first thought is do what's going to allow you to be the most consistent. Okay. So if we want to get a little more nuance to this, I think, well, so, so here's what kind of the science says. So Doing cardio specifically first thing in the morning when you're fasted, that helps with weight loss. So if you're interested in losing a few pounds, maybe getting up, doing some cardio in the morning, that's going to potentially help accelerate that weight loss and just be a little bit more efficient. And one thing I would note is since you are fasted, it's going to be more advantageous to do a little bit lower intensity cardio training. You, it, wouldn't necessarily, it wouldn't necessarily be 
ideal to wake up fasted and do like 400 meter repeats. That's super glycolytic, super anaerobic. Think more like zone two running or math heart rate running. So math heart rate is 180 minus your age. So it's a relatively mellow intensity should be kind of a conversational pace. You could have a conversation while whatever you're doing, running, walking, riding a bike, hiking up a mountain, doing a monkey session, doing a monkey 360 session here soon. So lots of options there. And let me actually pull up this article. I found an article from time magazine and they were talking to some exercise scientists from the university of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. So basically what they're saying is working out first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, it's going to help you burn stored fat. This is ideal for weight loss and your, your hormonal composition at that time is a little bit more ideal for that. And again, it's just, you're in this ideal fat burning metabolism. Okay. So that's first thing in the morning. Interestingly, there's, they mentioned a study that basically said, if you work out first thing in the morning, you can, it can, you can kind of sync your circadian rhythm to that. So waking up earlier, working out in the morning, it's going to, it's going to shift your circadian rhythm. So you'll be energized a little bit earlier in the day. And then you'll also in theory, go to bed a little bit earlier. Okay. So, you know, what, what my personal experience has been, and they mentioned this in the article as well. And by the way, I'll put this in the show notes so you guys can go right to it. It's pretty short, but good high level article just to kind of get, uh, get some ideas for yourselves here. So afternoons are not quite as good for burning fat. However, they are more, or at least the evidence suggests that they might be more ideal for performance. All right. So when I was in college, I was a college athlete and we, our practice was, it was like either one or 3 PM. So it was in that kind of early to mid afternoon time. And I always felt awake. I always felt alert. I'd gotten in a couple meals before. So my blood sugar was up a little bit more. I had a little bit more stored glycogen. I was, was kind of topped off and I was playing lacrosse and we were doing a ton of weightlifting, a ton of sprints, very anaerobic, very glycolytic type of exercise. So neat was a little bit more carb dependent and, uh, I always felt great that time of day. I think I remember my freshman year of school, we would in the fall, we had early morning practices, early morning lifts, and especially in the weight room, you know, I just, you're, you're still a little stiff from the night before your body just hasn't had that time to warm up to properly kind of lubricate itself and just get the juices flowing. So I remember maxing out my squat, my freshman year, like super relatively early in the morning at that time for me. But I remember thinking like, I definitely had more in the tank and in the spring we would train in the afternoon and I always felt way better. So if for purely a performance standpoint, afternoon tends to be better. So, you know, if you're trying to do like maybe a, like, like one of my goals this year, trying to do a fast mile, you're trying to lift heavy, maybe do some more advanced monkey exercises. Maybe you're working on your muscle up on monkey bars too. Maybe you're doing some intense core training on pocket monkey, whatever it is you're doing. If you're really going for optimal performance, maybe you're trying to do a tactical challenge or tactical, one of the tactical programs afternoon is generally going to be better. There's lots of reasons for that and check out the article. One reason, again, you're going to have a little more energy from probably eating a little bit more food and your body's just more warmed up. 
nighttime workouts. This is something interesting to me because I think it's been kind of folklore for years that if you exercise at night or if you exercise in the evening, you're not going to be able to sleep. And to quote this article, they say that, so this is from the, they're, they're citing a journal of physiology study does not say what year or what the study exactly was, but supposedly a study from the journal of physiology found that exercising between 7 PM and 10 PM, 10 PM delays the body clock translating to later bedtimes. But this doctor from UNC North Carolina, he's basically suggesting otherwise he's not convinced basically. And what he retorts with is that evidence suggests that as long as you're not exercising, showering, and then immediately jumping into bed to go to sleep, it doesn't really interfere with your sleep pattern at all. So, you know, again, I think the most important thing as monkey Kim alluded to is it's being consistent and making sure you get in your training. So if that's first thing in the morning, if that's midday, if that's afternoon, if that's evening, whatever it is, make sure you're consistent. And again, you can optimize for if you're trying to lose a bit more weight, maybe try and train first thing in the morning. If you're trying to go for more strength, power, performance, might be a little bit more advantageous to train a little bit later in the day. And one thing, one thing I'd actually mention too is I can't remember where I read this, but I do remember reading something about how there was a slight increase of injury by training first thing in the morning. And I would say that's direct directly related to not being properly warmed up, being stiff from sleeping for hopefully seven to nine hours the night before. There's a myriad of factors. It's colder outside. Your body temp isn't quite up. So just be cognizant. If you are going to train first thing in the morning, just really be aware of how your body's feeling. If you're set to feel any tweaks or anything like that, maybe, excuse me, do a little bit extra warm up, stretch a little bit more and, uh, just, just be aware so you can keep monkeying for years to come. Great question. Monkey Kim. Thank you. You should, uh, we should have monkey Kim's question of the week or something like that. That'd be awesome. Okay. Next I had talked about, Oh, there was a question. It was a Q and a, I believe on the last episode or a few episodes back, someone talking about training with kids, training on the road, all these different things. And the wild man at Brock blades, Ken, he's got a couple of wild kids of his own. They're always monkeying around. They, uh, they're out East in South Carolina. They just, they're having a wild good time out there. So he sent in some, uh, some good insights that I wanted to share. So I'm just going to read what the wild man at Brock blade said. So said on the subject of kids and working out, I've always worked out at home. So even when Sophia was a baby, I would put her in a bouncy seat and work out in front of her. Then later in life, I would try to play with them and get them interested. So essentially I'm trying to lead by example and stay active. I'm encouraging them to go hiking and try to make it fun. And that's why it's a big deal that they have their own set of monkey bars. So they feel special. Great, great insight. Ken, that's, um, you know, I've seen this was, a. Uh, Back, gosh, 2011, 2012, I was living in California. It's kind of in between being a wilderness ranger and a monkey. And I was doing, I had played lacrosse in college, so I was doing training and I was starting to do more personal training and group training and just get more into that strength conditioning world. But uh, 
I would train kids in lacrosse and some of them, some of them I was really impressed. They were pretty young, like middle school age, but these kids were super motivated and they really seemed to be enjoying this focus training. And, um, it wasn't like their folks were forcing it down their throat on the flip side, man. There was definitely situations where, you know, it was, I could tell it was really the parents pushing that training on the kid and, you know, they, they weren't like hating every second of it. I tried to make it as fun as I could and, you know, make it fit with their personality and what they're into. But, you know, it's just, there's so much pressure you can put on your kids, whether it's, uh, you know, school athletics, all that stuff. So my daughter's only 17 months old, so we're, (laughs) we're not quite there yet. And I don't plan to be, um, putting inappropriate amounts of pressure. I think it's always good to, to push people and a little bit, but again, um, this full on helicopter style, you're going to go to Harvard and play three sports and be a doctor and a lawyer and an engineer and an astronaut. It just, uh, it's a little excessive. So I think again, what Ken makes a really great point of is it's making it fun. They're kids. Life should be fun. It should be playful, you know, doing this regimented focused training. Just, it's not really necessary at that age. And I remember I've, I've listened to several podcasts now talking about how being a generalist as far as athletics, at least there's, there's not really a lot of evidence to suggest that, you know, if you wanted to be a professional baseball player, starting to play baseball at a super young age is going to really help with that. Um, so having a more generalist approach to fitness, athletics, movement, it's going to give you this huge set of skills that later in life, as you get older, maybe later in high school or your early twenties, when you really start to focus what maybe you're going to college to play sports or, you know, the very, very few of us that end up in the pros, but focusing later in life is going to lead to better outcomes. There's going to be less injury, less burnout, all these different things. I do remember them mentioning that there was certain instances where early special specialization made sense. But to be honest, I can't remember what those was those were, and I'm not going to try and uh, jabber about that. So Ken, again, great insights. You guys are out monkeying in true monkey mindset fashion with wildness always at the core. And yeah, it just, it gets me stoked and I'm sure it gets plenty of members of the monkey family psyched as well. So thank you. Okay. Next. Guys, I'm dealing with some slight pain in my life. I've got, you know, I've been going hard, man, since I really, I started working out when I was like in maybe fourth, fifth grade. I would do like push-ups, sit-ups. I got a pull-up bar installed at my door and found, you know, my parents' weight set that they never, I never really saw them use. It was tucked in the garage and. You know, I would just, I bought a book. It was, I was really, I played ice hockey. I was super into hockey and training. So I would do all these hockey specific exercises. And then I just kept going harder and harder. And I've been pretty much keeping that mentality through now. And I think I'm starting to get to a point where I've built up these just slight imperfections and mechanics that I was able to compensate with maybe for just having stronger muscles around the area, things like that. But I've got just a few tweaks, my left shoulder. I think I've got a little bit of like an impingement issue, 
my right arm. I was actually testing a monkey product and I just, I wasn't warmed up. I was going way too hard and I tweaked my right elbow. I got like a tennis elbow thing going on. And then as many of you listeners may know and have heard, if you have not heard, if you go back several episodes to the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim monkey misogi episode, I talk about how I sprained my ankle about a half mile into a 50 mile. Well, I think it's actually like a 52 or 54 mile run, which is the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim. You start on the South rim, run down to the Colorado river, run all the way to the North rim, turn around, come back to where you started. So I was with like 10 or 12 friends. It's three in the morning. We start running. You start running downhill, which is kind of wild in the dark. I don't know what happened, man, but I just, I think I stepped on a rock or something and just popped my right ankle. I thought for a second, it's one of those ones you could walk off and keep going, but I quickly realized that would have been extremely foolish at the time. So fortunately I had to call it quits, but I did go back three weeks later and complete the journey with a buddy that was kind enough to come kind of run half of it with me, wait at the bottom and then finish back to the rim. So basically went from the Colorado river to the North rim and back solo, which was awesome. And if anyone, I'm sure several folks listening have been to the grand Canyon, but if you haven't been there, it, that place is just, it's, it's one of the few places. Well, there's lots of places like this, but I think in particular pictures do not do the grand Canyon justice. So if you haven't been there, you got to check it out. It's 100% wild and recommended by the monkey society. So, Popped my ankle. It wasn't that bad. I was able to walk. Strength was still pretty good. And actually the next week I was able to do, I think I did a 20 mile run. I think the next weekend just to keep up my fitness. And then again, like I said, I went back, did this 50 plus mile trail run and I felt pretty good the rest of last summer, fall, winter. And then it's been the last two or three months, like this kind of nagging, just real low grade, pain. I don't really feel, I definitely don't feel it really walking, running. It's kind of a few specific things, but it's my right knee, which I think is a result. I suspect is a, is a result of my right ankle, not having full full mobility, full mobility. And then my right hip as well, I think was compensating during that run a little bit. So I think there's just kind of this ancillary, I don't know if that's the right word, this kind of side effect of the ankle injury working on the knee and the hip. So what, what are, what I'm getting at with this, this, uh, diatribe here is I'm really trying to make an effort to nip these in the bud. You know, we're having another kid in may. I want to be monkeying for years to come. So I'm just, I'm really taking a step back. And again, these injuries, what's interesting is I can still do, everything. I can do all the monkey exercises. I can do muscle ups. I can do handstands. I can squat heavy. I can deadlift heavy. I can clean. I can snatch. I can do all these things with some pain. It's not excruciating pain, but my concern is that I'm just going to slowly wear the threads away. And then one day everything's just going to pop and there's going to be a really bad situation. So trying to nip it a bud, trying to nip it in the bud, do this more prehab approach. I just ordered Kelly Starrett's becoming a supple leopard book, which I used to have access to. And 
unfortunately I do not. So got that headed on the way. And, uh, recently invested in some voodoo floss bands, which I'm still kind of on the fence on a little bit, but they seem to be working pretty well. So if, you know, if they're not, you can get them on Amazon for like 10 or 12 bucks for two sets. So something to maybe consider if you have particularly a nagging joint injury, where am I going with this? Well, Don't wait for injury before you start prehabbing and keeping your body maintained. So I love, I love Kelly Surrett's statement. Every human should be able to do basic maintenance on their body. And again, that's something I've kind of gotten away with over the years. And I'm just, I'm really trying to focus on it now. So want to keep monkeying for years to come. There's nothing super crazy going on. It's just trying to nip these things in the bud. And I think it's, it's kind of human nature to not pay attention to stuff until something bad happens. We pull a muscle, we maybe injure a joint or a ligament, all these different things. So if you've got something going on, there's tons of free information on the internet. Certainly filter it and be careful where you get your source, but there's tons of great stuff, especially on YouTube, physical therapy exercises. There's all kinds of great things. And Best of all, you don't need fancy equipment. And as a matter of fact, I was doing some wrist prehab with pocket monkey. So I wanted to tell you guys about that. So it's basically, it was a wrist extensor negative. So your wrist extensors, basically the top of your forearm. What I was doing is I was in this Y position. So I would have my hands holding pocket monkey handles. I'm in a Y position overhead. I would extend my wrist. So I'm contracting the extensors. So if you can imagine I'm making a fist and then I'm pulling my knuckles towards my elbow. So I'm, I'm contracting the wrist extensors, the top of my forearm. I'm in this overhead Y position. And then from there I would flex my wrist. So now I'm bringing my knuckles towards the bottom of or underneath my forearm. So it's a extensor negative. I would do that super slow. Then I also did it with the mass core, which was really awesome because it's a fatter grip. It's just, it's activating those muscles a little bit differently. So it's just going to be a little bit different stimulus. So once you guys get those here, you should be able to do that yourself. So new monkey prehab slash rehab exercise coming at you. It's probably a good one to make a video of because some of these things are hard to uh, describe verbally. So last thing I want to talk about is I've been playing around more and more with this just monkey, monkey workout, monkey time under tension workout. So I'm really, I'm not so focused on reps. I will do reps just to kind of keep things balanced, but I'm not super concerned of aggregating this big volume of reps. Really what it's about is keeping my body under tension for a period of time. So I've been doing just five minutes. You could do seven, you could do 10, you could do 15, 20, whatever you want to do. But it's because it's basically focusing on, you're always kind of having to support your body, whether you're doing pressing push-ups, rows, wise, pistols, squats, lunges, flies, tucks, pikes, planks. I mean, the list goes on literally for hundreds of exercises. So don't, I don't think you guys need me to name all off, but the point is it's kind of like this flow where you're keep trying to keep again, 
tension the whole time. Sometimes with transitions, there's going to be a slight break. That's okay. But I'm not concerned about banging out a ton of reps. I'm just focused on keeping my body under tension. And why I like this is it made me think of rock climbing. So there's this type of climbing called off, off with climbing or wide climbing when you're climbing up a crack that's wider than your fist, but you can't quite get your whole body into. So you can't really chimney. But when you do, when you're doing these kind of climbs, your whole body is under tension and it's like, it's one of the most intense anaerobic heartbeat through your chest experience I've ever had. There was a, I was climbing in outside of Moab, Utah on Castleton tower, actually, which that's in a bunch of commercials. It was in mission impossible where Tom Cruise is hanging off this red rock desert tower. So I've climbed that a few times. It's awesome. But, uh, buddy and I did a route on that called, I think it was called black sun. And it was this wide, there's this wide section where you're basically wedging your body in and it was just full body tension for like probably 15, 20 minutes straight. And I just remember, I, I felt like I was going to throw up I and mean, it was just such an intense demand on my muscles, my energy systems. And it's, it's something that we rarely experience in this more, it's more of an isometric form also, which is weird with you're, you're moving your, there's, there's contraction, um, concentric, eccentric and isometric when you're doing this type of climbing. But so I think I've been playing around with it and just experimenting on pocket monkey, trying to kind of recreate that experience. It's going to, it's going to be hard to get that full value, but again, just keeping your body under tension. It feels good. It gets the blood flowing, get your heart rate up. And it's just, it's a new way to approach monkey training. So I've only done a few of these so far, but I'm really psyched to explore the concept more. And if you monkeys out there have some ideas you'd like to share, I'd love to hear them. So that about wraps it up for this episode of the live wild or die podcast. Thank you everyone for your questions, your insights. And I really do think we might need to have monkey Kim's question of the week, question of the month, whatever uh, timeline works. So keep getting wilders monkey. <laughs> I try that again. Keep getting wilder monkeys. I'll see you out there. Thank you.